Jesus, we just thank You that we could enter in with thanks and praise, that we could worship You like this, and that we can come around Your Word. Um, yeah, that we got a church family that we can be in community with. Uh, today we want to do your will, so we submit to you. We, we resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray hedge of protection around us all. In this hedge of protection, will you minister to us, bring freedom into our life and healing into our life. We also pray for anyone who's without hope. Will you draw them unto yourself now? Uh, will you knock on the door of their heart so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone leave it said, Amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. Good morning to everyone. Trust that you're well. Hey, maybe we've had our last bit of winter because it's clearly summer tomorrow um, and it's going to be hot. Uh, but we are blessed to live in the city. And let's quickly pray for the city and the country. God, we just pray for our city. I pray for the leadership in our city. We pray for the running of our city and the people in our city. We pray that our people are blessed, they're protected, they're prosperous, that our, our children next gen get educated, there'd be a school for everyone, that our healthcare system would get stronger and our policing would also get stronger. But most of all, we pray for the church in the city to grow. Every church in the city to get healthier, leadership to get stronger. The church has become, yeah, more dynamic for you in carrying your gospel. And we pray the same would happen in the rest of the country. The church would rise up, that the leadership would get stronger, policing, healthcare, education. Bless this country. We thank you that you placed us in this country. You clearly placed us here on purpose to be a blessing and to see this country prosper. That is your plan for us. We believe it and will you do it in Jesus' name. Amen. encourage you to consistently pray. Remember, that's actually what God commands us to pray for our leaders so that it would go well with us to pray for the country. Don't ever just get frustrated. Every time you feel that frustration, use that to pray. And to, you know what I mean? There's more people praying for this country than there's people stealing from it. So, you know, every time you hear about something that's, that seems ugly or, you know, that's against our future, remember there's more people praying for this country. God will do a miracle in our land. So, We've been doing a, a series built to last, and, and we are going to be going into a series from, from not next week, the week after, called Make It Fun. And Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15 says, so I commend you, um, one of the versions say, is to have fun, uh, to enjoy life, um, because there's nothing better for a person under the sun um, to do that. And, and it, um, of course, the reason is because God's got work for you to do. So I want to encourage you. Um, to come to that series and uh, to, to actually hear how to make um, life a bit more fun in your family, um, how to actually have a joy even in hard times. And remember, fun is attractional. You'll never invite people to something you don't enjoy. How much more with your children would they rather be at the neighbor's house that's having fun than at your house where there's no fun? So I encourage you, fun is attractional, and it's important to actually have fun because God's called us to do work and to enjoy this life and one day we'll celebrate in heaven all the things we've done. But there's a when we can have fun and also have a joy in our life, the Scripture says the joy of our Lord is our strength. So we'll actually be stronger as we go about our work, carry out the gospel, be diligent with the work God's given us. So don't miss out on that series. And then next week, of course, Craig Johnson, all the way from Houston, Texas. He's the associate pastor of Lakewood Church. Also started the Champions Club which, uh, of course, we see running in Zambia. He's just recently been to the Ukraine to do some work over there and to start new works. But Craig Johnson, a phenomenal leader, 
Um, so he's going to be preaching two different messages next week, Sunday. So it's also a bit of time for us to be refreshed, have fun um, as a church family, have a guest. So I encourage you to bring people um, on Sunday. It's going to be a great day in the house. And, and the crazy thing is somebody with a different accent speaks, and you guys say, oh, I've never heard it like that before. And I'll be like, I've said that over and over. No, and, but, but it's just a simple principle of having a fresh voice come in because we end up receiving it differently. And so it's, it's a great way for us to learn. And I also think um, as we honor him, just the work he's done. And, you know, there's so much more to be received when you honor somebody. So even as you come, let's, let's honor him. Let's, let's open up our ears. And I reckon you'll learn even more because you can't receive from that which you do not honor. So remember that when you're in a lecture, okay, um, because you'll receive way more from your lecturers and your teachers. And um, so, so let's bring that to church on Sunday and really make the most of it. Uh, we've got Brad Sinclair. Brad actually grew up in this church, pretty much born in this church, family, key members of this church. Um, and, and Brad, after youth, um, he started a business, uh, amazing coffee uh, company, Flat Mountain product, and amazing trendy coffee shop. But he did that to fund himself to go on the mission field. Uh, and, and now Brad is our key guy in Zambia. We told you last week that Zambia's got 200 churches, 16,000 people in church. And Brad's a strategic guy. Him and his wife, Andrea, and their kids, he's strategic. And Paul, who was the uh, associate year pastor and went out, he speaks so highly of Brad. And so I just think it's incredible testimony that the church, our kids' church, and our youth, we raise up, create environments, you know, and God gives guys business ideas. They end up doing it for the kingdom. And now Brad's changing the world. And really, it's a, it's a miracle in motion, Zambia. Even the version Bible app now that, that is flying out to Zambia, they're filming it. They, they're going to use what's happening there um, so, so much is happening. So just honor you. Well done. Come on, just honor Brad for everything he's doing. Our, our coffee guys are just nervous to make him a cup of coffee because he's a coffee connoisseur. I saw him drink it, spit it out. No joking, he didn't. He was like, oh, this is the best coffee ever. Anyway, um, But Matthew 7 verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these words, uh, sorry, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. A great, and great was its fall. Because God says to us, difficulties will come. Scripture says, in this life, you'll have trouble. So trouble will come, storms will come. Jesus promises us in the Scripture that people who obey His Word and build in His Word, they have security promised to them. But he also then says and promises failure to every person and family that disobeys his word. Clearly, the wise thing to do is to build on the rock. Of course, you can shape your life with sand or you can shape sand in your life. And you can create the shape, but you know one day a storm comes, that's going to disappear. Or 
You can build on a rock. It's hard to build on a rock. The rock ends up shaping you, but whatever's built in that rock will stand even in the hardest times, and you will still have peace in your home. Yes, the principles of God are rock principles. And of course, we want to encourage you to build with them. We said first week, the key way to build your identity is on the rock, what God said about you. The healthiest people live for an audience of one. They know that God's looking at the heart, that they're not fixated on the external. They know that to have a relationship with God and a healthy heart is to really live. And they're the most free people. People live for an audience of one because they're generous to other people. Because they don't need people to fulfill them. They're fulfilled by God. We said that people who build in the rock, they understand they're stewards of what God's given them. That God owns everything and He's given you your time, your talent, and your treasure. We showed you that, yes, there are 2,300 scriptures around finance. Why? Because it says you either serve God or money, but you can't serve both. The key thing is to understand that you're a steward of what you've given. And you need to find out what's, what's important to the master. What's the most valuable thing to the master? People. Why? He paid the highest price for people. So he clearly has given you your time, your talent, and your treasure to be a steward of it and to use it to honor him and to bless others so that his kingdom can be built. And so what is most valuable to him can be saved. And his kingdom is built as people's lives are changed. Last week, we would have spoken about uh, building your marriage on a rock. Um, and Graham would have spoken about it. And this week, I want to speak about building your family on the rock. I want to encourage you, if you are not married or you haven't got kids, these principles are actually what everyone needs in their life. And I'm going to be talking to you about having children, parenting them, but I want to remind you that even as I talk about your children's needs, I'm actually speaking about your need. So as, as, as parents, we are trusting that our children are completely satisfied. To be satisfied, to have their internal, internal needs satisfied, they're going to clearly need God to do it. But before they get to that place where they fully are experiencing all that God has to them, God asks us as parents, and He actually calls us to actually partner with Him to see these needs fulfilled. Well, what are these needs? Well, they're the four human needs we all have. And if you want to see your child experiences, the best way to do it is you can only give what you've got. You're going to have to ask God to fulfill these needs in you so you can create an environment where they can also experience uh, a strengthening in this area. So what are the four main needs of every child, of every human being, every person in this room? It's identity, security, purpose, and acceptance. And only God can satisfy those needs. I mentioned last week on Sunday night that um, when Leanne and I got married, we, by God's grace, had learned this. And we said to each other, I do not expect you to fulfill these needs in me. And we released each other from trying to do what only God can do. But we did commit to affirming and encouraging and reminding each other about what God says when it comes to these areas. Yes, we're not, we've got a part to play, but I can't play God's part. And if you ask me 
to give you your identity, your security, your purpose and acceptance, you, it's going to uh, create resentment. You're going to re- resent me. You're going to say, you're not the person I married and you're supposed to give me the security. Well, I can't give you what only God can, but I can actually affirm that and I can receive it from God. So I create an environment that affirms and encourages you in it. But you and I need this and need to create this environment for our children. As parents, as adults, um, we have a personal relationship with Jesus. um, And we partner with our spouse to create this environment. Of course, our spouse encourages us in having our needs fulfilled and, and reminds us about what God's done for us. But, but we end up with God as, um, as partners, creating an environment for our children to flourish. Of course, until your child comes of age, let's say, until they are personally in relation with God, until they're in a place where they are letting God affirm their identity, um, give them security and purpose, you and I actually are entrusted with this role. We actually are asked by God, and in a way, we partner with God. For our children, our young children, in a way, we are like God to them. Of course, we don't abuse that, but you need to see that. Our children, listen, they hang on every word, and we create that identity in them. Of course, we end up slowly handing them, pointing them to God and the fact that God loves them, that He made them and that He paid a price for their sin and He can save them. And they end up coming into that space where He is their number one leader. But we partner with Him and we have a role. As parents, we've got two parts to play. Uh, We usher the child into an understanding and acceptance of Jesus Christ. And that's the key thing. We want to get them to this place. Of course, even as we dedicate them as children, one day when they get saved, it celebrates the, the child dedication as they get saved and publicly get baptized. It's actually a celebration of something that was prayed for years back. But that's our goal. The other goal of parents, and you can mark yourself on these two things, is to, to see them come to relationship with Jesus. The second thing is to meet the four basic needs of the child, which I mentioned is actually all of our needs. Pa- parents can measure their success on these two standards. So when the child is grown and leaves the home, the parent will be able to say those two goals, those two tasks were fulfilled. Of course, In leading our child to God, uh, the best thing we can do is to, of course, love Him and live for Him and let Him fulfill those needs in our life because we can't give them what we do not have. The rule is this, parenting is better caught than taught. I encourage you to teach, encourage you to verbalize it, but it's better caught because children see right through um, a whole bunch of rules that has no actions. The best way to parent is to actually live for God, to receive your security in Christ. You will create a secure environment. You'll create an environment where their identity can be healthy, where purpose can be found. But you need to receive it for yourself and you end up creating that environment. But if you aren't in that space, you might try to make some rules, um, but, but you and I best live out our Christianity. That's why we always say to parents, that scripture says, impress this upon your children is best said like this, impress your children with your faith. 
live, your, live out your faith. I always say, you know, my parents, I, I remember my, my parents praying and my, my mom saying, you know, when it's tough, we're going to pray and God's going to do it. When it was good, look what God's done. And I easily then was able to take on that kind of faith that trusted God in the tough times and praised God in the good times. Why? Because it was lived out continuously. But you and I need to live out our faith and our children will way easier take it on. So just quickly, an environment of acceptance. And I'm going to touch on this a bit more and then touch on the other environments. Um, but, but I want you to listen to what God says about you. Isaiah 41 verse 9. I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners. I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. God says that to everyone in this room. Because Satan will never stop trying to get rejection into your heart. That's his number one goal. He wants you to be rejected and feel unloved. God says, I've not rejected you. God even says this, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's what the Psalm says. That's what God shows us. God will receive you. He's not rejected you. So all of us here, God's made us to need love and acceptance. Satan's strategy um, for mankind is full of hatred and rejection with no love, no acceptance, only condemnation. Satan never has a moment of mercy. So you and I as parents have to create environments of acceptance. We remind them that they're accepted. They are not rejected. Even if people reject them, God accepts you. We never let go of building an environment of acceptance. And we need to remember that they're all going to school. Satan can use many things for them to get a spirit of rejection, but we never take our foot off the pedal. Um, what can cause uh, a spirit of rejection to settle? Well, racism will cause a spirit of rejection to come into your heart. It's Satan's tactic. And I'll remind you, it's totally of Satan racism. To think of yourself better than anyone else is a sin, it says in the Bible. It's a total sin. And Satan wants to use racism to stir up rejection in people. Abuse will stir up rejection. Divorce can sow seeds of rejection. So if you have been through a divorce or you're going through, I want to encourage you to trust God and, and be wise with the environment you create for your child and actually remind them of the truth. Even in a season that's tough or of brokenness, bring God's healing into that season. Bring His Word and you create an environment of acceptance. Uh, life events can stir up rejection. Rejecting uh, a parent who reject their, their child. Um, kids can reject their child at school. Other children can do it. Um, friends, teachers, coaches, bosses. And you can be rejected by a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband or wife. Uh, I want to encourage you um, as a parent, if your child feels the pressure to start dating at an early age, dating, dating, Satan can use it to sow a spirit of rejection into their life. They just date, they, another breakup, another breakup. And you need to create a, a, an environment of confidence and acceptance. And I promise you, because what will happen in a place of rejection, they will always, it will always lead to rejection breeds rejection. All of a sudden they're attracted to other people who are rejected and they create an, an environment of rejection. I want to encourage you to create environments of acceptance. And I promise you, they will, be, they will actually be confident enough to say no 
two things that Satan can use. And if kids go, I need to date, and you say, you know, all my friends are dating, are they stupid? Anyway, I'm so sorry to tell you that. Your friends are stupid. Anyway, um, because um, it's not wise. And like I always say, it's more romantic to say I waited for you than I dated for you until I met you. Anyway, like it's just more romantic. You know what I mean? I've dated so many girls until... um, I waited for you. Only that sounds good. Okay. You have to give them vision. Vision, vision, vision. You have to create a spirit because, you know, you actually, if your child decides to date because everyone else is doing it and they feel rejected, it's a worse, like don't give in to it. Your child's been made for more. They've been raised up with Christ. They've been called, they've been accepted. You don't let them make a decision based on rejection. You stir it up. You, it's got up another level here. So, of course, there's so many things. Well, how do we break rejection? We agree with God. Uh, we believe the truth. We reject the lie. We agree with God. We believe the truth. We reject the lie. And you know what? Yes, you're going to teach a child that, but I need you to do that first thing in the morning because you are about to create an environment of acceptance in your house. You better live accepted because you can only give them what you got. You need to actually, as a parent, live accepted by God. Of course, rejection produces unforgiveness. Rejection divides families, divides homes, and and it causes hatred between husbands and wives, between races and cultures, between churches and denominations. Rejection is bread. And and so you need to be accepted by God uh, because you are brought to create a new generation, a generational curse will be broken. You'll no longer bring the, the, what Satan wants you to bring in. You will no longer live by your past. You will live by what God has said about you now. Why? Because healed people heal people. But hurt people hurt people. And if you want to create an environment for your child to be healthy and strong, you need to receive your healing that you need. Because you will create, walk, create an environment for them to flourish in. And that's what we want to do. Um, how do, um, of course, acceptance enhances self-worth and, and, and belonging. And your, your child needs a place where they belong. It, it creates confidence. Um, so quickly, just touching on some things. Um, how do you create an environment of acceptance? Physical affection. Young or older children alike need to be touched and held by both parents. Um, that we never outgrow the need for such physical affection. And listen, sometimes your child will come up, Jay, can I sit with you? Can we watch this? Can we go watch this movie together? Can we sit together? Can we? And sometimes we're too busy or I don't know if I want to watch it. No, no, you're creating an environment of healthy physical affection. If you don't create that environment, somebody who's unhealthy in affection can walk into their life and they won't know to, how to tell what's healthy or not. You Show them what's healthy affection. And when unhealthy comes their way, they go, that is unhealthy. Get away from me. But you need to set the tone. And you need to actually be there and create the environment for your child. Verbal affirmation sets. sets, um, And and listen, even as I say this, you need this as parents. You need this as adults. Verbal affirmation. All children need to be praised and complimented throughout their lives. They need to hear their parents say they love them every day. Uh, When children are placed in the atmosphere of praise and verbal affirmation, they bond to their parents and grow up believing in themselves. 
Why is that important? Well, because God made them wonderfully and skillfully. He made them for such a time as this. He actually saw every day ahead of them and He made them. He even knows which country they were going to be born into. He made no mistake with you. The boundary lines for your child has fallen in pleasant places. You better stir up that, that environment that lets them become confident in it. And you do that by speaking life. You affirm them. Of course, you 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 rejecting um, when you speak life. You re, you you're rejecting those hostile words that that try to come into their life. And I encourage you, parents, don't shame or bully your child. Yes, there'll be moments where you have to warn your child, but but we do it out of love. Um, and so so that's another way we need to we need to create acceptance with our words. Availability. A lot's been said and written about spending quality. Andre, it's about quality. Yes, it is. But quantity to children is so important. And children spell love like this, T-I-M-E. And, and what you need to remember is that you'll never get that time back with your child. The waves will always be. When, when, I had, uh, when we had Juliana, this is what I said to myself. The waves will always be there. Jim might lose their contract or something. Anyway, like, you know, they might not, they have to find another building, but the gym will be there. I'm not going to go and run after things that will be there and miss out on something that I'll never get back. So I changed my schedule. I, I didn't surf for quite a few years in the front end just to be available to my children and to Leanne. And you might say that's so wise. Well done, patting your back. But I'll let you know when they're teenagers, they must probably need our time even more. So don't miss out on the opportunity to be present with your child, to build an awesome relationship with them. Children spell love, T-I-M-E. It creates an environment of acceptance. Expression. You need to let your child create an environment where your child can express themselves. You need to help them see who they are, how God created them. And you don't need to force a, a mold onto them. You need to, yes, be wise and get them active and let them, like, try to unlock their potential and then see it. And once you see it, affirm. Let them express it. Wow, you're really good at this. Wow, that comes naturally. What do you enjoy? You love doing that. I encourage you to do that and let them express themselves. And because you've created this confident environment. They feel confident and they, they feel accepted and they're not competing with somebody else's lane. They're not trying to be like so-and-so or that guy or that girl. They just can be themselves. But that's what you're creating and that's how they keep growing. The other thing is um, identity. Um, we all have this deep um, uh, need for it and you and I are all significant and unique. And we need to communicate that to our children. You need to communicate how special they are. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And of course, then it says, and they will not depart from it. But I need you to also see this. Train up a child in the way he should go. Well, what way should he go? Well, God's clearly got a way for him to go. You need to help them find that identity express themselves. You create an environment where you affirm, hey, clearly this is a call in your life. This is what God's called you. This is, and you help them find the way they should go. And because now they start walking in the way that God made them to go, then they won't depart from it. But if you just try to get them to go in a way that somebody else's child's going on, they might depart from that easily 
because it wasn't the way that they should go. You need to help them find their identity in Christ. Um, security, a child's sense of security is derived from the stability in the home. Parents, you need to create stability in the home. You need to pro- protect your child. And, and, and you must remember, children measure their future on that moment. Oh, our parents are going to stay together. Are they happy? Or are we, it's, is it the end of us? So sometimes even financial troubles, you need to be wise and letting them hear it because they'll take that on. They'll go to bed with them and go, we are going under. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, hey, we'll get through this and this is just a bit of an end. We're going to have to change this budget. We're going to plan better. And we're, but, but, but you need to protect them. I'm not saying like create this, um, this weird world where they never see um, you having healthy conflict. Some people, year one, their parents have one fight. I think it's the end of the marriage. Um, so, so, but you need to learn to, to actually have healthy conflict. And so that you can actually even let them see um, how to do it. And, and you actually create a place of security and purpose. It's the last thing I'm going to say. I'm not going to get through all my notes. I'm probably going to do that tonight. <laughs> like I'm trying to, because you have to come back. Anyway, so um, tonight we're actually doing an interview. It's slightly different. I'm, I'm going to be doing an interview with two people and we discuss healthy family. But purpose. Um, you, every child needs to be taught that God made them for a special purpose. And, and, and how do you unlock that? There's a simple way. Um, even giving them something to do around the house ignites purpose. And they might come home from school and a friend needs something. You can help them help that friend. You teach them to be generous to that friend. You're teaching them that to really live is to live a life on purpose and a life of generosity. The other thing you can do is growth tracks coming up. And, and Growth Track actually helps you discover your spiritual gifts. It's a Tuesday, not this Tuesday. Sabella got wrong. It's next Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month. But it's from 6.30 to 8. And they do a spiritual gift assessment. And you can actually now go, hey, check those gifts. You help them to live it out. Serving in the church. But what you're doing is you're actually helping them to see that a life of purpose is to really live. And to live an others-focused life is to really live. And to live generously with no strings attached, you're never more like Jesus when you live generously with no strings attached. So I always say to people, the best gift I give to my children is me serving God and be generous. Because they see, wow, to really live is to be generous. You must remember, children who end up having something to do and become generous are happy children. Children that have got nothing to do and no purpose can become sad children. The world is a very sad place. We need to make sure we're living on purpose. You can live on purpose, create an environment of purpose. Here's the thing. When I was 17, 18, I started to, I knew that I was, I was made on purpose for a purpose. I started to pray. For four years, I prayed every day. God, please let me fulfill my purpose. But clearly, a purpose had rised up in my, uh, had risen up in my life, and I started to pray into it, and it became my journey of purpose. And you want your child at some point, because they've lived on purpose, you've taught them. One day they start to pray, God, I really want to fulfill my purpose. And then God unlocks that door, and they live out their purpose, and they really start to live. And then they become a parent who actually trains their children to also live on purpose. You guys want to close your eyes? I want to quickly pray for you. Why don't you even in a moment just trust God to touch your life. You must remember, even as you hear these things, Jesus invites you to receive His help. 
The woman at the well was married five times. She was with a man she wasn't married to. And Jesus told her He'll give her water that she caused her to never thirst again. Jesus invites you to receive His healing, to receive His help. So right now, God, I just lift up everyone in this place. I pray, God, that You will settle their identity. God, will, I pray You give them security, purpose, and acceptance. Will You do it in their life right now. Touch their life with Your Spirit in Jesus' Name. I pray for parents. pray You anoint them and You help them as they parent their children. As they partner with You, will You strengthen them, heal them so they can bring healing into their home, touch their life, transform them. Lastly, if you're in this place and I'd love to pray for you, maybe you know you need to come back to God or you need to ask God to forgive you. Scripture says, as we confess that we're sinners, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Of course, it's a humble position where you actually acknowledge you need Him. But then it says, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. As scripture says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. You can't earn it, but you can receive it. How do you receive it? You acknowledge that you need it and you receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Not only does He forgive you, He saves you. You, must, you can also ask Him to be the Lord leader of your life. And that's what we do. So in this place, if that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Simple way. All you do need to do is give me a wave. Say, Andre, lead me in that prayer. With every eye closed, I respect. If that's you, give me a wave. Say, I need to pray a prayer. I need to actually come back to Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to receive the forgiveness that Jesus wants to give me right now. If there's anyone in the room, just give me a wave so I can see your hand right now. Who am I praying with? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Thank God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Anyone else? Awesome. God bless you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I call on your name. Please save me. I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, please be the Lord of my life. Amen. Awesome. Let's thank Jesus in this place. Thank you, Jesus. If you can just look to the side. Yaku's opened that door. We've got men and women counsellors. We've got a prayer room. I always encourage people who've given their life to Jesus, your next step is to tell someone. You could go there by yourself or with a family member. And they also will tell you how you can, what your next step will be. Let's see, if you are new, your first coffee is at the back there. You can also find out about View Group. We can't wait to see you next week, Sunday with Craig Johnson. Have a great week.